Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Captain Dave Adrian is today's guest. Captain Adrian is a charter captain on Lake Erie, but we're not talking about fishing today. Adrian works with a group called Citizens Against Wind Turbines in Lake Erie, or Cautile. We'll discuss how wind turbines can affect the lake and what Cautile is doing to stop them. Captain Vince Pierleone is my co-host on this episode. Dave, uh, welcome to the show. And we want to have you on today because I think uh, you bring a, an interesting perspective and, a, and a, an interesting topic something we haven't talked about here on the show, and that's wind turbines on Lake Erie. Yes, sir. And it's something that's becoming a, a really big topic. Uh, can you just give us a background on kind of what's going on there? Well, you don't see wind turbines installed in freshwater freezing systems anywhere um, in the world except Denmark. There's one lake where they lower the water 20 feet in order to make that happen, but it's a new concept. Um, in New York State, as part of their going green agenda by 2030, they wanted to see a lot of that happening. 10 years ago, New York Power Authority um, put out a proposal as part of their relicensing to do a situation where they would install you know, wind turbines in Lake Erie. It was defeated and we thought as a group, we are citizens against, against wind turbines in Lake Erie, cautile.com. And we thought, well, geez, that would be an opportunity uh, that, that we, we completely cleared them. 10 years later to the day, they came at us with another proposal. It wasn't New York Power Authority. This time it was New York State working with NYSERDA. Um, and that, that's an agency designed to, to determine the feasibility of these types of things. So they set about with a committee of personnel that was primarily from the wind industry to determine the feasibility of, of wind turbines Lake Erie. At the same time, Diamond Wind, a subsidiary of Mitsubishi, um, uh, approached one of our municipalities, town of Evans, with a proposal. It wasn't solicited. They just decided that they were going to see basically if it floated. So luckily, a number of our individuals were there, and we had the opportunity to, to listen to, to what they proposed. And they were talking about 50 wind turbines out, out in Lake Erie, about 0.68 miles apart, and a 3,200-foot no-go zone bet between them. So that no-go zone represents an area where if the blades were to fail and break, it would sail off into the 3,200-foot diameter area. So we started to come up with uh, what we felt was a list of our concerns because when we were looking at NYSERDA, who was publishing the results of their live webinars, we weren't seeing the kind of concerns that we had. So we, we listed them, we started to come up with um, sort of a working list and, and I can sort of go over it. So they were talking about 50 wind turbines from Buffalo to Dunkirk. Uh, they talked about 460 foot, foot tall ones and that was uh, three or four years ago. Now there's talk of this, there's discussion of 1,000 feet tall. Wow. On some of them, the wind turbines themselves would be as tall as the, um, the M&T building, downtown Buffalo. Um, again, two, two miles from shore, 
which our immediate concern was vis visibility right away, the aesthetics of that. And if you just go by aesthetics, it's probably not enough to, to fight them. So we, we started looking at all, all the other potential impacts. So we talked about the 3,200 foot exclusion zone around each one, no fishing, no recreation, anywhere near, no boating, no kayaking, no nothing. Um, the increased cost for this, we have an individual, several individuals have worked in the industry and they've come up with um, a pretty darn accurate estimate where the cost would go from $9 per megawatt hour to $135 per megawatt hour. And that would be a cost that is incurred in our area, even though the power itself would be sent to the New York City area where the demand is higher. We have the New York Power Authority project here, Robert Moses plant, even a lot of that power is shunted that direction. So the, in order to do this, they would have to bury these the cables that run from these individual wind turbines through the sediment. I'll talk about that in a minute, but that's a problem. Yeah, that's the thing I think really that has a lot of the people in this room concerned yes. is what happens then. Yeah. So if you were to, uh, they, they were talking about um, in their modeling, which is different from the diamond wind proposal, the computer modeling that NYSERDA said about used 100 wind turbines from Buffalo to, to Dunkirk or maybe the PA border. To do that, they would either have to have the, the kind that get entrenched with a, with a base unit at the bottom or a floating unit to com combat the ice that we have in Lake Erie, and that would be suspended into other anchoring units in the bottom. Either way, they're digging up the bottom. So we have to say stop right there. Zebra mussels came in in the 90s, and we were so excited because they, they do such a great job filtering. A zebra mussel can filter between one and 40 uh, liters of water a day. So we saw our visibility, our, uh, our light penetration go from maybe six feet to 30, 35, 40 feet. Great for seeing lures, changed the way we ran lures, changed our selection of lures, obviously changed a lot. But in the process of doing that, uh, Lake Erie, always known for its, its contamination from the industrial era, took the heavy metals, the copper, cadmium, nickel, lead, took those out of the water column and put them down in the bottom because they filter so much, they expel what they don't eat onto the bottom, it's called pseudofeces. It gets centered at the bottom now. So great, water column looks great. You know, we do the water testing, just, you know, real good. The, the bottom line is though, um, all that contaminant is at the bottom. So now, we have this potential of dredging the bottom for the cables and dredging the bottom for the weights. So now that will be suspended. So we've documented the contamination in the bottom. We've, get, we've documented the fact that it can be um, suspended. And we submitted that as part of our concern, one of our major concerns, because so much of the water flows from west to east towards Niagara River. And that's where our water intakes are. There's 12 million people get their water from Lake Erie. So now you're talking about a scenario where we're just recontaminating the water. And even if you take that as a part, uh, short-term thing while the construction goes on, if anybody in any other industry did such a thing, suspended mm -hmm. sediments, they would be shut down immediately, fined, and told to cease and desist. So we think this is going to be, we hear, this is going to be a big job situation. Or oh, we're going to have hundreds and thousands of jobs. The jobs for the creation of it would come in from out-of-state that from people who are experts at this, 
the maintenance that they pro provided in their computer models, 45 people to run 100 wind turbines. So we're going to do all this to support 45 individuals in Lake Erie, 45 in Lake Ontario. It's just ridiculous. Dave, if I could uh, kick in something there. You talked about the 12 million people that are getting their water. It's even more than that when you think about what goes down the river and in the Lake Ontario. And the one thing that I learned when they tried to jam these into Lake Ontario was they hold a vast amount of oil. So if you get ice storms, even if it doesn't topple the structure, there's a very good likelihood you could have a massive oil spell. Right. So each one has gear lube uh, in it. We've heard some crazy stories that they're going to vegetable oil for lubrication, which is obviously not true. Um, certainly there's, there's concern about them. In terrestrial situations, that oil routinely leaks and winds up in the land immediately around it. Not considered a big thing because it's not going anywhere. If we have lubrication uh, from the bazelles up on top leaking under the water, it's going to float. It's going to go right down to our water and takes in buffalo. So, yeah, that's it. that's the second part of the contamination issue. The third part of the contamination issue is, contamination issue is leading edge erosion. Each of these blades is made up from a combination of fiberglass and, and epoxy and so forth. They travel, and when they're going full speed, they travel at over 200 miles an hour. So what happens is you have what's called leading edge erosion. These are PFAS chemicals that we're all so concerned about right now that would be dumping right in into Lake Erie and again making its way towards us. PFAS, some of these chemicals in the epoxies in general were studied in Netherlands and shown that there was, if there was a, um, a, a population around the area, these would get into the system. They can't be removed from uh, water treatment plants. And so they get into the system and are absorbed by humans and completely, you know, um, affect the actual reproduction part of it. Yeah, those are things that, that people, and I've talked to biologists from, you know, my home state of Wisconsin. This isn't just something that's a problem here. It's something that that's, people are looking at, biologists are looking at all over, wherever there's water, that's right. what they're looking at. Um, and that's what's actually, what I thought was super interesting about you, is you're a scientist, but you're also a fisherman, you're a charter captain. Um, so I think that's probably the big thing that, that our audience wants to know is mm. what, how would this affect the fishery? And right. why, is, you know, why is this something that could, could cause some issues with the fishery? Right. Well, primarily, um, it's the access. Yeah. Uh, right away, off, off the bat, imagine a hundred of these, you know, out, out there in Lake Erie from Dunkirk to, or from uh, Buffalo to, to Dunkirk area. With that kind of exclusion zone, we're used to being able to navigate to where we need to be. In the, in the early spring, there's a lot of activity along the, the border uh, area, and that's the deepest water, and it's kind of used as a navigational uh, area. Um, that would be extremely limited. Um, it, would, it would, at a fair minimum, um, during that time period, it would be an issue. The rest of it has to do with, I think, contamination. Um, you know, we're concerned about, so concerned about these these microplastics and, and all this sort of contamination, um, why would we put wind turbines and just add to that, considering the actual output from them is is much reduced compared to what they expected them to be. So I think that's really what we're focused on. It's really insanity. If I could just add to that, there's two things. There's I, I really, really did a lot of studying on this when they were trying to get them in off Somerset in Lake Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, 
the no-go zone, people are not aware of that. They think they're going to pull six-pound smallmouth off the base of these things. No, they're going to steal all that water from all of us that will be no longer accessible to anyone. And what no one thinks about is they will attract fish like there's no tomorrow, stealing the fish from the other areas of the lake, and you won't be able to access. You won't be able to fish those fish. So it's 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 beyond ridiculous. It's just even being proposed. Because if I try to put a floating pizzeria out there, you know I'm getting stopped right away. Absolutely. But they're going to put this project out there, and the only reason that it that it seems like this is being done is so they don't have to pay any royalties to landowners, right? right? So that's well, not that's a separate argument whether you're in the windmills or not. They want to put it out there in, in federal water, and just yeah. no one will notice. But yes, they will when when you can't drink the water anymore. Right. Water is life, and this is ridiculous that they're even putting this stuff anywhere near being a proposal. And the one that I think about on a very simplistic uh, uh, mindset is if if Dad and his two little kids go out there and their motor conks out, and there's an average Lake Erie wind, their boat could break to pieces if they get blown up on one of these things. Otherwise, they'd blow to shore and at least be able to survive. Right. Their, their tri-haul boat gets blown up against the stanchions of these things that boat's going to shatter so it's just they have no business putting these in in the great great lakes no business whatsoever and in addition blocking the radar blocking potential commercial if uh we're friends with a with a uh, great lakes um freighter ship and uh the captain of this vessel and he said he's more than once come over from the canadian border and crossed over to help vessels that are in distress on the other side, there would be none of that. There'd be no traffic back and forth whatsoever. The good news is NYSERDA finally came up with their ruling in terms of feasibility study. And on December 31st, they sort of slipped it in under the wire after waiting two or three years for it. And we find out that, and we would have been happy if they would have just said, look, uh, we're kind of neutral about this. Instead, they, they ruled, as they had 10 years earlier, that they didn't think it was a good idea. And just read a, a short section from here. This is from the white paper. There's the big 136-page document that is their study, and then there's the white paper sort of summarizing it. It says, in, in short, after completing the feasibility study and considering these various dimensions collectively, NYSERDA recommends that now is not the right time to prioritize when Great Lakes wind projects in Lake Ontario or Lake Erie. So um, that's great. We were we would never have believed that it would be that successful. So it'd be easy to say, okay, we're good to go. We don't have to worry about this. But remember, 10 years ago, they did this prior to this. So what we have decided to do is say, yeah, that's great. It looks like they did listen to what we had to say, our concerns, but it also looks like um, they came to some good, solid, common sense conclusions as well. So. What we think is the next thing we need to do is come up with a moratorium. So we're working with our local uh, legislators and senators for New York State and Congress um, congressmen to produce legislation that will move forward with a permanent moratorium. Canada has a moratorium on this, and a lot of it has to do with gas wells and so forth over there. Um, so it's doable. And we're going to look for a lot of support from all our angler groups 
and um, outdoor groups and, and, and outdoor recreational groups, anybody who's associated with it so that we can, we've, and we've got an investment group that's willing to put money into supporting this. And so we intend to do a lot more in terms of PR and, and moving forward with it that way. And we're gonna ask all the outdoor groups if they can pass a resolution saying, you know, moving forward, we are in support of this, this, this major legislation. So that'd be the goal. Very good. Well, we're running out of time, but I want you to just put the, your website back up here. It is C-A-W-T-I-L-E. It's Cogtile. It's Citizens Against Wind Turbines and Lake Erie.com. Correct. Um, so if you want to get more information, you can find it there. Get all the folks like Dave and uh, try to keep our, our Lake Erie the way it is right now. And, we uh, shall try. You know, it was one of those things, like you said, wasn't too long ago. It was a lake that was full of contaminants, and now you're looking at one of the cleanest lakes out there. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it that way. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you, Dave. Really appreciate nice you have coming Thanks, on Dave. and talking with us. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.